Hi, and welcome to this new episode of What the Fuck Africa. And in this episode, I've decided to talk about surrogacy as part of Bixie Speaks to talk about surrogacy and to discuss whether it is a good thing. And it's been really interesting because as a non-medical person, I have to take things as they are based on evidence, facts, studies, and case studies with celebrities in society that have greatly popularized surrogacy as a concept. And at the same time with relationship talk, I'm talking about age gap romance and whether age and gender play a role in determining whether someone is more likely to be unfaithful. And so it has been a really interesting episode, actually, especially with surrogacy, because I went down a rabbit hole the other day. I just, for legal reasons, you know, I don't think I can talk about everything I found out, but I think it's important for us to have these conversations, especially with technology and AI and advancements. And sometimes we need to ask ourselves, is it for the better? Are medical marvels always for the better? Well, we had a time when people believed that lobotomies were the answer, when people were doing things like that. And with, with time, as we went on discovering new things, new meant better, new meant more humane. But sometimes it's important to take a pause and think and say, oh, maybe we should, you know, not do that. <laughs> so that's basically what this episode is about in brief. And so let's get right into the theme song then. my take on surrogacy surrogacy just by any wild chance if you do not know what it means according to wikipedia surrogacy is an arrangement often supported by legal agreement whereby a woman agrees to deliver on behalf of another couple or person who will become the child's parent after birth now obviously uh essentially basically what it means is without all the technical terms is that if if john and mary want to have a child and there's a reason why they can't have a child but they still have a viable egg and viable sperm they can pay elizabeth a good amount of money to fertilize the egg with john's to fertilize mary's egg with john's sperm and then implant it into um, Elizabeth, who will then carry a child, and this child will 100% will contain the genetics, will be definitely, by all accounts, John and Mary's child. Obviously, this concept as it is, is not entirely new, because I want to believe that surrogacy existed in more raw forms back then, back to biblical days anyway, back in the days of, of Bilhah and Jacob out in the desert, where women would employ their maids or their handmaids to to conceive for them on their behalf with their husbands because of maybe infertility or issues like that 
oh, except though then it leaned towards like slavery like as depicted in margaret atwood's the handmaid's tale because the women didn't have much of a choice especially if you were selected as a handmaid and we see with mary and jesus um you know mary's famous speech when she says i am the handmaid of the lord be done to me according to his will mary basically carried god's child according to christianity and so as time went on i'm obviously as a person that has not struggled with infertility i can't say for sure what it feels like but as a woman i i have to assume it must be incredibly frustrating and depressing to want a child and to not be able to have a child and so growing up most of my family most of my aunties had all these kids but we did have a few exceptions of aunties who could not have children and it took a toll on them and it wasn't as advanced as it is out there i mean we do have ivf intravitreal fertilization which is essentially the fertilizing of the egg and the sperm in the lab and then implanting it into the woman except that it has such a low chance of taking and actually resulting into an embryo and it's so expensive so surrogacy my first introduction to like proper surrogacy as defined by wikipedia was with keeping up with the kardashians i grew up with that show i'm not going to sit here and lie i grew up with the kardashians and we'd see like you know kim kardashian who was the first of them all to do it she had first child second child second child we we are led to believe was a very difficult pregnancy and so the third child she opted to have someone else carry that child for her and so in a situation like that we are compelled to have sympathy for her because like, okay so she wanted to have a child and you know this surrogate this surrogate that's being employed because it is a job is being paid and well compensated there is no problem here there's nothing to see here and as time went on it became an increasing celebrity trend and as someone that's been in i've been hearing here and there that it's being done like by most celebrities that will come up and like put on a prosthetic pregnancy and not actually be pregnant and have someone else carry the child for them in order for them to keep their body shape and this is why i have this is where the problem comes so if celebrity a his entire brand is their body as most of them are these days all these instagram pictures bikini pictures then they have this big pregnancy announcement pregnancy reveal and and so they go on to have a child as we live because none of us is actually going to like go to the labor room deliver room and see them actually delivering this child but they do have a child then two weeks later they have an instagram post with a really flat stomach which is you know you have to admit genetics can play a part in that there are some women that will bounce back to their original bodies but most women it does not occur that way it, some women keep the baby fat up until much later into their lives so in a situation like this where this celebrity because of high men's wealth is able to to pay someone to carry her child for her and then come on the internet and post all these pictures of her postpartum body which is not true and because social media has such a high consumption rate and make women feel bad about themselves because they're like oh i had a child and you know i still have like extra fat and you know my my thighs are big i have stretch marks and all these things and they create a, a sort of like 
judgment. I want to say, I don't know how to word this properly, but there's like a form of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Why did my body bounce back? And I think that's incredibly dangerous. And so with that in mind, that aspect of surrogacy is incredibly dark. And so, because I am not very keen on almost every science fiction movie, we we are led to believe that the, the more science grows, the dangerous and darker it becomes most of the time. And so the world of surrogacy right now, like I've said, except for when women genuinely and truly cannot carry their children on their own because of issues with their uteruses and with their wombs and because of doctor's advice and they employ someone to carry a child for them i want to i want to say that i want to agree with that but in situations where it's done as an as, as an act of like privilege like i'm too rich to carry my own child well, you know, I always say get your money, money buys happiness and all of that. Do whatever you want. But at the same time, I have mixed feelings about that. And the reason why I have mixed feelings about that, like I said initially about science growing, is that right now in the world of surrogacy, at the time of fertilization, because fertilization is done entirely outside of the womb in a lab, the doctors are able to predetermine the gender of the child, male or female. And, you know, come on, guys, I don't think you can be non-binary at the point of conception, male and female, male or female. And so at that point, uh, um, you can choose. And you say, "Uh, no, you know what? My husband and I already have two daughters. We want a son so they can kill off that sample create another one still a girl kill it off until you achieve what you want which is a boy there's something incredibly dystopian about that that gives me fucking chills and i'm you know i'm just going to say that it feels like we are truly at a point there's a concept that that they talk about called over civilization where we attain civilization to, to a point and, and surpass it, that we start going backwards, where we can purchase babies. We can shop babies. Just go with your car. Like online shopping, you know? Pick out the size, pick out the dimensions, add to cut, add to cut. How are we choosing our children's genders? Like, you know, there's that element of my mother always said that when she was expecting us and she took the sonogram and she took the, the ultrasound, which like where the, 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 the technician is able to tell you that, hey, you're going to have a guy, you're going to have a boy. She always opted not to know because she wanted to have a child and just a child. And she wanted the element of surprise and she didn't want to like expect like I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. And there's something so pure that about that because my mom said she never ever found out our genders before. And so by the time she she gave birth to us, she received us as this miracle, like as a proper like, bundle of joy. And so now in the era where we can just shop our kids, all you need to have is is a fat bank bank balance and shop your kids. <laughs> 
and this may be really really like you might say oh that's really conservative oh that's really backward or all of that but i don't i don't think that's okay i think it's like it's like with the ai thing where we've reached a point with ai where i think it's called chat gpt i'm not really sure but there's a software in place right now where you can replicate someone's voice and make them say things and we're having robots now like androids and stuff like that being able to perform as humans we have um, the taiwanese doctor that created robots on the concept of lavotics which is l-o-v-o-t-i-c-s and created like a human a woman uh, a proper i want i want to say sex robot sex doll but she has a skin she has a body temperature she can hold conversation <laughs> she can and so this couple they're in a like a an what's it called polyamorous relationship with this robot and i don't think that's cool i don't think that's progressive i think that's incredibly scary and dark and you know I want to say that I don't care if that makes me sound old-fashioned. Like, you can go, oh, that's really old-fashioned. Like, no one really cares about that anymore. But it's just food for thought. Like, let's first stop and think about it. Not everything from the past is to be emulated or romanticized or admired. But some things of the past need to be kept the way they are. Come on, guys. How can we shop babies? How can we buy lovers you know with tinder and hinge and bumble and dating apps and all of this we can already pre-select our lovers but at least they're humans <laughs> at least we haven't gone that far enough well you know with Tim, tinder and all this you could just swipe right swipe left swipe right swipe left select someone based on their appearance and be like oh yeah i think i want to go out to this person and go out to them meet them in real life hope they're not a serial killer maybe carry on to have this amazing relationship with them but this is something entirely different this is someone literally purchasing purchasing the love of their life <laughs> and you know things like this will be sort of on the premise of oh it will like help single people but i think i would be terrified terrified as hell if i had a machine in my house talking to me responding to me i mean i have alexa but you know even then it's 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 different i know that i can just switch her off but like imagine imagine like wow i just wouldn't want that i just, i don't know what do you think i think i think it's incredibly odd and weird and i think this is one of the epitomes of of our civilization you know that's all I have to say about that. It's just, it's just food for thought. Something to think about. So for relationship talk, I want to ask a really important question. Do gender and age play a role in determining who will cheat in a relationship? And I want to focus on, on like age. So almost all the time, I would have this chat with my friends, with my girlfriends. We'd always say, yeah, I had this one friend actually who considered herself like a cougar 
who would who was like attracted to men that were younger than her and i say men because i'm I'm talking about people past the age of 18 we don't do that funny stuff over here and so i always believe that i wanted to be with an older man i wanted to have a relationship with an older man because i believed that with age comes wisdom something that i've later come to learn is not necessarily true and so with that perception in mind there's always been a great debate about age gap romance and i have romanticized it my whole life and i have to an extent i still believe in some of the things it promises like um when it comes to i think one of the reasons why women opt to to have to engage in relationships with men slightly older than them or uh, a, a bit older than them is because they're considering things like life experiences and financial stability job security you know because if you if you're 20 and you go out with a man who's 20 as well and you ask him hey what do you do for work and he says i don't know i'm still figuring it out or something like that and it's according to research women mature faster than men do and so at 20 whereas society still considers you to be a young woman to be a woman of the world clubbing going out hoping bars and stuff like that it's possible that at 20 you're seeking stability and you're seeking proper romance and you're seeking a meaningful relationship and a long-term relationship and most of your age mates are not and so you'd seek out a man who's say 30 35 and um this man has a house, has a car, and I'm not saying this is a hallmark of a great relationship, but these are certainly factors and the indicators on what someone prioritizes in life. He has a house, he has a car, he has a job, he has a good relationship with his family, he he responds to your texts, which is a big deal, by the way. He calls, he checks on you, and he's properly emotionally mature now does that make the relationship immune to infidelity absolutely not i still believe in the saying that men need a place to cheat and women need a reason to cheat most of the time again i do not side with anyone cheating is cheating but you know i think it's it's definitely something to think about and gender that's interesting does gender play a role in who is going to cheat is it fair is it a fair analysis to say that men are more likely to cheat than women i'm going to go with no i think it's a personality issue and less of a gender issue and i think that age same thing with age i have met people that are my age people that are younger than me that have perspective have their life together know what they want to do do not do not get high on on the weekends or like drink all their salary away you know they have something to offer the world and i've also met men that are older and they're just like a royal they're just like proper children a man child you know um they, they give you that that um 
the energy that they would expect in a relationship to be treated like a baby, to be taken care of, to be checked on and things like that, which is not inherently a bad thing, but to, at, at, to a degree, it becomes an, a concern. It becomes a proper concern if, if you expect your wife to be your mom. And so do they truly play a role in cheating? Perhaps they do. Why? Because we, sometimes we need to generalize to make a point. So in order, to, in order to keep society safe, we need to assume that children cannot make decisions on their own. Because we need to assume that if we make the legal drinking age 18, well, except for America, which is 21, we need to assume that all children will want to drink alcohol. So therefore, let's make it illegal. Whereas there might be children who have no interest in like, drinking alcohol and getting really drunk and getting wasted. We have to make a, a generalization in order to keep those that would safe. In order to stop pedophilia, we need to make the legal age of consent 18. Because whereas children will, will want, some of them will not want to have sex. Some of them will. Most of them will. And so if we should judge ability to make decisions in a relationship, ability to cheat, ability to, to have extra marital affairs, it is not necessarily unfair to expect that younger people will be more likely to be unfaithful. Because younger people, especially in an age gap relationship, might be seeking life enjoyments and more worldly pleasures than a more established other party who has probably already gone through their youth and you haven't yet gone through your youth. Do you see where I'm going with this? So if you're 20 and you're fresh out of uni or if you didn't go to uni or you're in uni and all your friends are at the stage in their lives where they're just trying new things, getting jobs every now and then and doing things like that. And you meet a man who is 35 and he has a job. He has a house, he has a car, like we already said, we've already established that. So he has already, he went through you and he already, he already partied, he already drank, he already did relationship after relationship. And he, he's like, okay, now I'm at the point in my life where I know what I want to do. But you still want to figure out what to do. It's not an unfair judgment to expect that you would be more likely to wonder. But it, at the same time, at the same time, we should not excuse older people on the merit of being older from being unable to make blunders like that. Gender-wise, the same thing applies with men. Men are historically known to be, and like I said before, we have to make a generalization to make a point. Men are historically known to be polygamous by nature, to be, like, according to studies and research that has been made, men are more likely to desire more than they have, to like try new things, because most of the time infidelity happens not because. This man loves his partner any less, but because he wanted to try something new. Whereas women are more likely to fall into a pattern and be comfortable with that pattern. To be comfortable with the fact that I can go home, cook, 
see the same man, love the same man, yell at my kids or talk to my kids, do homework with them and sleep. And that's fine for me. Whereas men, more likely, the keyword here is more likely to desire more than that. So that it's not necessarily unfair to, to think that men would be more likely to cheat on the merit of being men. At the same time, women can also wonder for for <laughs> for such in the search of something new as well. So is there a balance? Why do none of my questions ever have answers on this podcast? Like I'm, I'm actually tired of it. I need to take a side. And the side I'm going to take is no side. And that is all I have to say about that. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening in today. As usual, that was What the Fuck Africa. And don't forget to subscribe, to follow us on our socials, and to leave a comment, leave a voice note, whatever. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, bye. Take care.